You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. This week, the latest CoreLogic Home Value Index showed the Australian housing market is up for the month of July, the fifth straight month of gains. But while house prices are still going up, they're not going up as fast as they have been. And it could be due to a group of Aussies who've just fully realised the impact of all these rate rises. The RBA has left interest rates on hold at 4.1%, a pause for the second month in a row, bringing uh, some relief, I suppose, to those who are repaying debt, predominantly those with a mortgage. Today, we look at those who have just, or who are just about to, fall off the mortgage cliff, what that means for the market, and what those who find themselves in that situation can do to halt the fall. But first, your news headlines for Wednesday, August 2. Some economists are saying Australia's cash rate has now peaked after the RBA decided to keep interest rates unchanged for the second time in two months. Outgoing Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe's statement after the decision was handed down announced the rate hike pause but also made a reference that the door was still open for further tightening if needed. But economists interpreted the comments as less assertive than they had been previously, leading them to believe the cash rate may now have peaked. With the rate now 400 basis points higher than early last year, someone with a $500,000 mortgage is now paying more than $1,100 extra into their loan each month. Iranian authorities have called a snap two-day public holiday due to extreme heat. Many cities in southern Iran have already suffered days of exceptional heat, with temperatures exceeding 51 degrees Celsius in the city of Avaz. In the capital Tehran, it is expected to reach 39 today. The Iranian government is telling elderly and vulnerable people to stay indoors as they shut down for the next two days. Ousted Myanmar leader Aung San Suu Kyi has been pardoned for five of the 19 offences for which she's been convicted, but she will remain in home detention. The ruling military junta moved Suu Kyi from prison to house arrest last week, where she's been in detention since the military took power in a coup in February 2021. The pardons for the five convictions mean she'll have six years reduced from her 33-year jail term, the move part of an amnesty that saw more than 7,000 prisoners freed across the country. The Matildas will face Denmark in the round of 16 after the Danes beat Haiti 2-0 in Perth last night at the Women's World Cup. England ended up top of Group D, smashing China 6-1 at Adelaide's Hindmarsh Stadium, while reigning champions the US have limped through the group stage, ending their game against Portugal in a nil-all draw over in New Zealand. The Diamonds have lost their first quarter at the Netball World Cup in Cape Town but pulled it back to beat Malawi 70-46. The game was tied at 28 at half-time after Australia came in behind at the end of the first quarter. The Diamonds looking rattled for the first time five games into the tournament. Coach Stacey Marinkovic made some changes at half-time and the Aussies unleashed in the second half, outscoring Malawi 21-9 for the final two, leaving them top of their pool. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. In July, Australia's housing market increased in value by 0.7%. That's according to CoreLogic Data's findings. Their rival, PopTrack, thinks it grew by less than that at just 0.2%. 
While it shows house prices are still growing, that increase is below the 1.2% jump recorded in May and the 1.1% rise in June. Part of this July 2023 slowdown is being attributed to a jump in available listings, taking the sting out of the housing market. Buyers finding themselves with more than just a few options of homes to choose from when they head out to the weekend opens and auctions. That, in turn, decreases the urgency with which people buy. The influx of new home listings in capital city markets rose almost 4% in July. In Sydney, for example, listings for available homes to purchase are up 9.9%, compared to this time last year, 18% above the previous five-year average. Now, this new influx of houses hitting the market could be sellers cashing in on a very slow winter period, hoping to get a good price for their property before the usual influx of homes that come up for sale during the spring rush. But another possibility is that we're now starting to see the signs of those under mortgage stress or who've fallen off the mortgage cliff, where they were on a fixed rate during the recent spate of rate rises, only to have that fixed term expire and the full force of today's interest rates kick in, making some mortgages thousands of dollars a month more expensive to service. Real estate agents are seeing homes coming onto the market that were bought only a few years prior, many seeing this as first-time home buyers who overextended themselves and with the rate rises have realised they can't afford it. The ABC is reporting that the percentage of properties being sold that have been owned for two years or less is currently at a nine-year high. Brisbane and Hobart seem to be particularly impacted by the rate hikes, Hobart seeing almost 16% of properties on the market in April was sold less than three years before, Brisbane a close second with 15.2% and the ACT at 13.9%. Here in Australia, we are in a good position to weather this economic storm, with many getting ahead during the pandemic, spending their holiday funds on getting the mortgage down instead. And the unemployment rate being still very low means we have incomes to service these loans but there will be some households under pressure. So what do we do about it? According to data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, those who own and occupy their own homes set a record for refinancing in May, rising 8.6% to $14.1 billion. That's 21% higher than in May last year when the interest rate rises first began. Investors' refinancing are also increasing, up 7.2% to $6.8 billion. 25.6% higher than at the same time last year. So is that the answer to those who are struggling with current or about to be repayments? Do we get on the refinancing bandwagon? Should we do it now since the RBA left the cash rate on hold after yesterday's board meeting? Adele Andrews is an accountant and mortgage broker for Australian Property Home Loans. Adele, with the rates being higher and more of our income having to go towards paying it, is refinancing getting a little harder now? It certainly is becoming a challenge. Those people that have been enjoying those lovely fixed rates with a one in front of them, 1.99, 1.79 in some instances, are definitely going to feel the pinch where their mortgage repayments are going to more than double. And of course, we've gone through those 12 consecutive increases, which has now seen the standard variable rate in the sevens. So it's becoming more of a challenge. There are ways to navigate it. And I guess the most important thing for anyone who's in that situation right now is to align themselves with an expert who can help them navigate that process. With interest rates being left on hold yesterday, is now the time to act before there's any potential rate rises in our future? I would strongly encourage anyone to act now. We've now had two pauses in a row. 
which means that to a certain point, borrowing capacities are protected. It's a great time to leverage from that pause to ensure even if your fixed rate doesn't roll off for another few months, you know, let's get that pre-approval in the system now so that you can go in with a level of confidence of knowing that you're able to meet what your current mortgage debt is. How do we make ourselves look as attractive as possible to a lender if we are starting to get very nervous about being able to meet our obligations to our current mortgage? I think the most important thing right now for anyone is just watch your spending. So there are certain big ticket items that are just a no-go when it comes to whether it be refinancing or applying for a loan overall. So, you know, that's things like having a bit of a flutter and gambling, you know, the buy now, pay later schemes, they're making things even tighter, even though the banks will kind of factor them in, but they will impact your borrowing capacity. So stay away from them. If you've got credit cards that you're not using, scrap them as well. Even if you pay it off every month on time and your limit's low, your balance is low, the lender's only actually interested in your limit. So if you've got a 10,000 limit credit card that you have a balance of about 500 on, the bank won't care. They will take the limit. So things like that, you know, if you're looking at buying a new car or taking out a personal loan, again, scrap that until you've kind of got your refinance in place. So there are a lot of tips and tricks that you do need to be across in order to make sure that you do get that green light when the time comes. I know you mentioned that refinancing is getting a little bit more difficult at this time. How's the best way for us to tackle that with so many different lenders available out there, all offering sort of different deals and different interest rates? How do we wade through all of that to make sure that we're with the right lender for us and we're getting the right rate? Yeah, absolutely. It is a bit of a minefield out there. And I think the best thing anyone can do right now is align themselves with an expert who is across all of that. As you mentioned, not every lender does assess every set of circumstances in the same way. And there are a lot of policies out there to be across, a lot of circumstances that are looked at in different ways. So the most important thing is to align yourself with an expert or you know, a mortgage broker who can look at your set of circumstances, do a really deep dive into what your situation looks like, and then align you with the best possible lender who has policies that will act in your best interests and give you the best possible outcome. Let them do all the work. Trying to do it yourself, honestly, it is a minefield and it's a headache. So I would leave it with a mortgage broker who can do all that for you and then talk you through and educate you why that would be the best possible outcome and product for you. Now, if we've got people who are just about to see their rate go from that fixed one point something, as you mentioned, through to maybe a variable in the sevens, that is a huge jump for some people who might decide that the only way they can handle that is to sell the property. We are seeing an increase in properties hitting the market that were sold less than two years ago. So people who are unable to hang on to that property. If you're faced with a giant rate hike versus selling your property, and I know that this has to be quite general because not everyone's situation is the same, but should you think more about holding on to your home rather than selling it or is selling it a good way to get yourself out of that situation? If you're looking at that set of circumstances, obviously you want to do everything possible to protect the family home and to protect that roof over your head. But you also don't want to get yourself to a point where you've lost control and the bank controls that decision for you. So as we mentioned, the standard variable rate right now is in the sevens. It doesn't mean that you necessarily would be reverting on that. So it's being cautious, it's being careful, it's being prepared. So before the bank does sort of throw you onto that high standard rate, go into them, ask them for a discount, say to them, I am about to roll off this rate in a month's time. 
what is my new rate going to look like? And then take that number, take it to a mortgage broker and say, this is what my bank has said to me I'm going to roll on to. What can you do for me? Get them to do all the legwork for you. Most important thing is to go to your current lender, first of all, to find out what they're going to offer you to try and retain you. But there is such a thing as loyalty tax too. So it's not always in your best interests to stay with your current lender. But take that to a mortgage broker, get them to try and get you a better deal. Nine times out of 10, they will. They will leverage, they will negotiate, they will do everything on your behalf to get you into a better position. Take those numbers then when you know what your best option is going to be. Work out if it's affordable. Again, look at all the things that you can help cut out of your budget. And a good mortgage broker can help you with that and look at your debt structure and look at the way your finances are set up and see if there are things and fat that can be cut out of your expenditure. And then work out if that's affordable. If it is, then that's your priority and that would be your number one solution. If it's still looking tight, then you would hope that selling the home isn't the option. But if that's what it gets to after doing your due diligence and going through that process, well then, you know, perhaps then you'd look at what a downsizing option would look like. And again, through your mortgage broker, work out what your repayments that are affordable look like, work out your borrowing capacity on a new purchase. And again, go through that process of what selling the home and downsizing would look like. We've talked a lot about people who currently have a mortgage, but there might be people looking at this market and thinking, should I or shouldn't I? Because we know that the growth is slowing. We know that there's currently more houses on the market than there have been for a while. What should people be looking for when they're going for their first home loan, for example, because rates are a lot higher than they were, you know, 18, 24 months ago? What do you need to do to prepare yourself to go and see a bank or a mortgage broker from the start? I think the most important thing to acknowledge is that the rates that we saw over the last 12 to 18 months, they're incredibly low and we're very unlikely to see them again. They're not a realistic reflection of what the market is. Where we're sitting now in the four and fives is a far more realistic picture and probably one that we're going to see in the longer term. So it's getting your head around the fact that this is closer to the real world. There'll probably be a little bit of pain over the next 12 to 18 months before we land in a relatively more comfortable spot. And I think, you know, a lot of this discomfort comes from the fact that over the last 12, 13 years, we've been in an environment of rates either being stagnant or dropping. So we've been conditioned to a certain point that this is how interest rates work when it's not. So it's kind of just adjusting to the fact that this new world is where we're at now and working through your budget, working through, again, whether it be a bank or you know a mortgage broker is a good option because they're going to give you choice and they're going to give you that ability to look at different scenarios, whereas a bank's going to go through their three products. It depends on, you know I guess, your level of comfort as to who you want to best approach. But it's looking at your budget very, very closely and looking what your repayments potentially would look like. And again, coming down to that affordability because trying to time the market is almost impossible. It's kind of, I always say to a lot of my clients, you buy a property when you can afford it and when it feels right and it's you know kind of a comfortable decision for you. So this is pretty much the real world. So it's kind of doing your numbers and getting very, very comfortable with those numbers and accepting what that new expenditure is going to look like on your lifestyle. The advice you've heard here today is general and may not apply to your situation. Make sure you reach out to a professional who can take your individual circumstances into consideration before you make any financial decisions. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tegan Sadler.